Welcome to another episode of the Proud Rev podcast, and I'm your host, Dara Veda Pragyananda. And in this podcast series, we're looking at events in society and in the news from the perspective of the progressive utilization theory, or Prout. Today's topic is climate justice and Prout. And this is based on a presentation which I gave in an online seminar that we held recently. And this seminar will soon be available in its full form in a recorded version on the ProudAlliance.org website. Look in the events section. But I want to elaborate today on what I said then and give a little bit more context to it because I have less time constraints. So let's go ahead with that. Well, the first thing which, which I want to talk about, it goes beyond Prout or any particular system, is that whenever you have a, um, a complex problem, we need to have proper decisions made by the right people. And regarding the climate, the decisions that humanity makes in regard to climate challenges should not be decided by people who are self-interested and trying to place their economic interests above the needs of society. And there are several proud policies and structures which can help to bring about better decision-making. So let's look at some of them. The first one is something which I've touched upon in, in previous podcasts. In fact, it's one of my... Um, one of my pet interests here, is that the three-tier system of organizing the economy, which is proposed by Prout, will help a great deal in this whole issue. And what is the three-tier economy? It's like means to separate the economy or to divide it into different portions. There would be a place where there's private enterprise, but it would be limited to small enterprises, maybe 10, 20 people, we, we don't know exactly what it would be, but it's certainly not large. And these would be family-owned or individually sole proprietorships or partnerships, things like this. And they would deal with um, non-essential goods and services. So this is one sector. And the vast array of enterprises in this three-tier system would be cooperatives, which would be enterprises where the people who work there um, also had all the shares and they would would vote on management and 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 on what the policies would be and they would they would they'd be self-run so this is the cooperative sector but regarding climate challenges the most important thing which Prout would do is to we look at the third tier the last tier which is what we call the key industries and these are industries that deal with uh, things which are so large they affect the whole society. Think of um, mineral extraction, energy production, utilities, transportation, very uh, important society-wide enterprises. And in the proud model, these enterprises would be placed under public ownership and management. So what would this, this is very important, especially when we talk about climate, because today we talk about 
um, you know, big oil and big gas, and they're going to decide this, they're going to decide that. But if we take that out of the hands of a few people, um, and we put that into the hands of the, of the public, then um, different kind of decisions will be made, and the decisions will be made maybe on the basis of what the impact is on the future of humanity and not on the, on the immediate economic um, balance sheet of, of some corporation and, and some of the, the dividends which they can pay to themselves and to shareholders. So this is a very important thing. Now, what do I mean by public ownership and management? I use that word deliberately. Socrates calls these the key industries. And he says they should be placed under the, the um, management of government. And I didn't use that immediately in the first instance because people freak out when they hear the word government. They think, oh, oh corrupt, inefficient, and you know, cheating, and this and that. So, but public, I call it public sector because like you send your children to, to uh, first grade, second grade, third grade. You don't say I'm sending it to governments. It's public school. So there are certain kinds of activities which really have to be come under the public sphere. But one thing which Prout um, stresses here, that we don't want a distant central government to control these things, as so as happened in the Soviet Union and other places, and they became out of touch with um, the real economic needs of, of the people. So immediate governments, in the case of a federal system like the United States, that would be state governments. In some systems, there's such things which are called unitary systems where they don't have strong local governments. In those kind of systems, uh, local boards could be set up, public boards could be set up to run uh, a particular industry, a key industry. And in fact, in the United States, in, in um, the time of the, the 30s and 40s, we had the Tennessee, we still have it even, the Tennessee Valley Authority was set up to administer important um, infrastructure uh, in the south of the U.S. Of, in energy production and utilities. So, so this is also another possible way, but it, the, it should come under public um, management, and this will take out the big uh, special interests from this picture, and we can, with a clear head, we can decide um, what kind of energy future we're going to have, and this will have a big impact on the environment. So this is a very important contribution of Prout, this three-tier system, and especially um, when it comes to placing the, the key industries, the utilities and the mineral extraction, we place it under public ownership and management. And if there's a problem with the public um, ownership and, man, you know, and management, we can correct that. But if, if, if a private enterprises or, or private um, players are there, we don't have as much scrutiny over what they're going to do. So this is a very important thing. Now some more things. There are big players today in the world, and they decide things, what are going on. The people who have more wealth, they have more political power, and they throw their weight around, and they make decisions which are based on themselves and not on society. So that's why Prout proposes in its first fundamental principle, it says that no individual should be allowed to accumulate any physical wealth without the permission of society. So think about that. If we could put limits to um, wealth accumulation, then you won't have people who are 
more equal than you in the sense that they, they can throw their weight around and influence things um, and will to be a more evil uh, level playing field. This doesn't mean that everyone's going to get the same amount. Of, you know, it's not um, like this uh, under uh, you know Marxist kind of thing. But but there should be some limit to what um, people can accumulate. And we'll go into this more in the future. Um, we will talk about it. But in in the realm of, I just want to touch on upon it here for us because it means a big thing regarding um, big decisions that we have to make in, in climate change, and we can't have people who have such wealth that they can buy the government and then influence um, the decisions and bring about policies which are going to be harmful to the society, maybe helpful to them, but harmful to the society. So wealth caps, which Proud proposes, will help very much in this. And then there's another, another factor that we want. We want leadership by wise people so by good people moral people honest people public service minded people public servants people who have a record of of service so you know people say that oh some guy who was in the Senate, you know, for his whole many terms, or in the House of Representatives many terms, said, yeah, I had my whole life in public service. No, that was not, that was public office, not necessarily service. So we should select our leaders from those who really have, have done something for the communities that they worked, lived in and worked in, uh, and they gave something. These are really, really people who are public servants. So we need um, these kind of people. And Proud has a word for this. Uh, they call it spiritual revolutionary, or in, it comes originally from um, the Sanskrit um, term sadvipra, which means a, a moral um, intellectual, a moral leader. So we want someone who is who's wise and honest and is grounded in, in real morality, not uh, some kind of fake morality or a sectarian kind of morality of one particular religion, but it's in universal um, Morality, and this would be recognized by people. It's not someone who said that, but by their life is an example of that morality. So we have to change the um, the political system, and we don't have time really to go into what a political system under Prout would look like. But but generally, the idea is that we want to put our best people um, in the realm of the leadership and the. In, in the most important places that we can have for policy making and, and execution of policies. So we need good people for that and not just someone who um, has a pretty smile and, and had a lot of money to throw around and to buy their way to um, popularity. But we want people who really have a record of public service and public honesty and, and real morality. So it's a big task, it's a very big task, but. It's necessary. If we want to solve difficult problems, we have to have the right people in place. And this is one of the elements of that. And Prout has a lot to say about that. We don't go, we can't go into all of it right now, but just think about that. We need good people. And then following on this, um, just a logical extension of this is that 
the day has to come when we need effective world government. So in the 20th century, there was um, the tries, you know, the League of Nations tried. United Nations was a trial. It didn't work. Um, we still have it. It didn't work properly. But when you think about uh, climate change and, and global climate, global um, future of, of humanity, these are issues that transcend any particular political jurisdiction, any particular nationality, and they go beyond. An example of that, of course, was when some years back, when the scientists found that there was a hole in the ozone layer, and then it took concerted international, transnational effort to, to solve that problem by um, eliminating certain um, gases from the refrigerants and other appliances. And so we wouldn't um, continue to create that hole. And we, we actually solved that problem. But in the future, we need a more effective world government. And, and when there's a more effective world government, then these kind of global issues will be tackled. Not to mention, it will reduce the, the danger of international um, combat. And it will also ensure that particular minorities around the world will have will have someone to protect them, you know, from local bullies. So this is very important that eventually humanity has to reach this um, level of organization on a world scale. And that day will come. People, people, people around the world will demand um, an end to this kind of international anarchy that we have today. That's coming on the horizon. Now, there's some other factors about Proud which have a, a great impact on how we use the resources of the earth. And in fact, that's what we're really talking about. We're talking about how we utilize the resources of the earth. And right now, it's being done in a very wasteful way, and it's creating uh, so many different kind of problems. And of course, one of the biggest problems is uh, the creation of um, too much carbon dioxide and other um, greenhouse gases and, and it's affecting the climate and so many things like this. So let's look at some of the aspects of Prout which would have a, an impact on, on some of these things. And one of the, the important things, which is a very key aspect of Prout, is that we're calling for economic reorganization. Me setting up self-sufficient economic zones with balanced economies around the world. And this will help to reduce wasteful trade and transportation. So think about it. Many countries um, are very specialized. They may specialize in agricultural products, but they don't produce anything else. So they have to import uh, so many things. Some countries are heavy in, in manufacturing, but, but they don't have other resources. So, for instance, we have here, you look at any different, even very simple product, and you turn it upside down, it says made in China. So many kind of very simple things. We could make it here. Why we have to send it 5,000, 6,000 miles away to make it? So things can be made more locally. We should have better... Um, regional self-sufficiency rather than a 
trade globalization what we have today. Globalization here means that the people who are more uh, specialized, they will make that thing, and the other people, they will not make it. And so we have what we call banana republics, places where there's only agriculture but no industry, and, and they have to import everything. And even in the U.S., many things, this used to be a man, strong manufacturing country. It's, it's not anymore because... One time I asked an economist, why don't we make it here? He said, oh, there are better things we could be doing. And this is called the principle of comparative advantage, where it says that the countries which are more efficient in doing something, they should do it, and we should forget about it and just let them do it and trade for that. But that trade creates this, um, this kind of um, transportation crunch that we have today where very simple things, which we don't really have to trade for, but they're being traded for anyway. And, and we have tremendous um, pollution caused by that and tremendous emission of greenhouse gases. It's unnecessary. Now, you may say that there are certain countries they can't become self-sufficient. They don't have the, the geographical resources. And that is absolutely correct. But in different parts of the world, countries, smaller countries can come together and form zones. And in those zones... They can set up industry and they can have agriculture, they can have services, they could be more balanced than they are today. And we should encourage those zones and we should let those zones uh, start to produce products, even though um, they may not be exactly as good as what you get in Japan or somewhere else, but let them produce it. But if we have free trade and we don't allow people to, to protect their nascent industries, then um, we'll always have an imbalanced world. So we need a balanced world. And when we have a balanced world, um, then there'll be less strain on the resources of the planet. And I want to mention one other thing. Is, we've dealt with it in a previous podcast about um, borders, border issues, you know, immigration. You know, why do people risk their lives and, and you know, float over the ocean or run across deserts and go through the barbed wire to reach the, the so-called rich countries. And the reason is because there's no economic opportunity in those impoverished places which they're, which they're coming from or places which are suffering from um, civil breakdown and, and war. But if we establish a world where there are balanced zones around the world, uh, people won't have to travel. The, the resources and the the oppor economic opportunities, cultural opportunities, and the freedom will be right at their doorstep. and They don't have to make dangerous journeys. So this economic reorganization, which pro proposes, is a really great tool for climate challenges and also other social problems that we face. This is another important factor. And then there's another thing which um, Prout brings to the table here. We need to balance individual and collective interests. And if we do this, it will have a very good impact. Let me explain a little bit. You know, if I had to give an elevator speech and had to explain what is the difference between communism, capitalism, and proud, here's how I would frame it. Under communism, the, the Soviet kind of communism, all the emphasis was placed on the state and the individual was neglected. 
The society was favored, individual neglected. Sputniks in the sky and no refrigerators in the homes. Under capitalism, there is an emphasis on the individual and the society is, is neglected. And so just think of the U.S. With all, we have all our, our gadgets and things like that, but we have a crumbling infrastructure because there's no, as a public good, it's a public thing. It's, a, it's not appreciated. So we need a balance. We have to balance individual and collective interests. And, and the, the third principle uh, of Proud, third and fourth principles of Proud, deal with that. And they say that we should, the good of an individual lies in the society, and the good of the society lies in the prospering of individuals. And if we do this, it will have very big impact. And here's one issue uh, is very important uh, regarding climate um, stresses, is this whole issue of transportation. Um, in the U.S., everybody has to have a car. And even if we get electric cars, it will be improvement, no doubt. But still, it's not the ideal solution. Electric cars also are, uh, require a lot of resources to produce them. But suppose we had more public transportation, so we would balance the public need against the particular private need. And suppose even, this is going further down the line, we would design our communities so that you don't have to have a car to go buy groceries. Um, so this is the, sub the suburban um, sprawl that America grew after the, the Second World War actually contributed to this um, situation. It's not a good model. Certainly, I hope that developing countries don't follow that model that, that we took here in the U.S., but definitely when we have a, a situation where we balance individual and the collective, we have a very nice balance, not one sacrifice at the altar of the other. When we have a very nice balance, it will have a very good impact on society and on the well-being of people. You don't have to go commuting for 40 minutes or one hour um, and you don't and that's coming about now through technology and when you don't have to do that anymore and you can shop in your as you walk down the street and you you can you can shop and people will be more healthy and do more walking but it will have a very good effect on the environment and this can only be come about when we take pay attention to public um, as well as the private and balance them nicely this is very important. And then the last thing which I want to talk about today, um, another way to also, if you want to frame Proud and as a relationship with communism and capitalism, is that Proud would produce a more spiritual society. It's a society where people would direct their interest to achieving self-realization and they will not seek to pile up material goods and waste them. There will be more automation in the future, no doubt, but there will be a lot of human activity in the arts, education, etc. And this type of growth or economic activity will take less toll on the planet. So capitalism and communism are come from materialism, they, they're based on materialism. Wealth, we have physical wealth is the, is the ultimate thing in, in life. And, and communism had a certain way to get it, 
and capitalism has a certain way to accumulate it. But the idea in Proud is that we we want the well-being of people, physical, mental, and spiritual also. Um, not just, we, we don't live to make money, and we don't live to um, have a certain car, we don't live for this or that, but we live for, to achieve real happiness, true happiness. So Proud places its emphasis here. It comes from a spiritual foundation. And in this kind of society, people will... Um, their needs will change, their, their, um, their desires will change. And a lot of this will have a bigger impact on the environment than you can imagine because people will direct their energies into subtle things, to learn more, to produce more of education and art and literature uh, instead of piling up goods and goods and goods and goods. So this is, this is what the future holds. It even will affect how pe- what people eat. And this is a very big impact on, on the environment, or how, what we eat. But we not, no one's going to enforce that. This will come from within people. They will, they will, people will change from the inside out, and we will have a, a society that will be more sustainable and um, more prosperous in, in the true sense of prosperity, because prosperity is not just physical accumulation, but it also has to do with... Um, mental and spiritual expansion. So this is a very brief kind of outline of of what Proud could do um, to impact climate uh, issues that we're facing today. Now, all of what I'm saying today, I have summarized it in a very small booklet. It's only 70 pages. It's called Proud Explains, a brief introduction to the progressive utilization theory and because people listen to this thing around the world, I'm not, I won't propose a physical place for you to get it, but you can get it online um, at major booksellers that exist online. But if you, if you want to get it physically in the U.S., you can contact um, me at Dara um, at DaraVeda.com and I can get you in touch with the place to get it physically if you need it physically. But anyway, that book can help you. So anyway, this is in a, in a very um, brief nutshell um, what Prout can offer for the uh, addressing climate uh, decisions that we have to make today. We don't know actually really what the ultimate solution, there are no silver bullets here. None of the things I said today is a silver bullet, but there are certain kind of approaches that we can make and certain kind of things that we can do which will help us to make the proper decisions so that the future will be bright for the, all the people living today and for their, um, the people who come afterwards. And for not only the people, but also the other living beings who share this planet with us. So this is what we want to do. So anyway, this is one um, little episode in our ProRev podcast. And you can find, if you want to find out more about Proud, also besides my little booklet, go to proudalliance.org or proud.info. These are the websites which are very nicely um, laid out and designed so that you can learn a lot about Proud and find out more because Proud has a, a very, will have a very big role to play in the future of humanity. That's my, my firm belief. 
So that's what we're doing here. And if you have any questions, you can send a, a query to me at info at proudalliance.org and I will um, answer it or you can make comments in the different platforms where you listen to this. And speaking of platforms, subscribe to the podcast in whichever platform where you're listening. So that, that's all for today and come back again. There'll be some more episodes in the near future. So thank you very much. We appreciate it.